It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Wow. (laughs) I thought there was something after that. Oh, I'm here. More importantly, you're here. And more importantly than all of that, God is here. God is wholly present. And I think God is really pleased that we're covering this topic. And there have been other topics that uh, some people whether they're Christians or certain denominations, don't want to deal with this stuff because I thought, well, it could get messy. Um, Life is messy. I think spirituality and church life is meant to be messy. Uh, But this won't be a clinical time. This will be a Jesus time where we can hear from his word, uh, some of my storytelling, and just where is God in the midst of anxiety, is God disappointed when we are anxious? You might even ask the question, can you be a, a Christian, spirit-filled, born-again, mature, and struggling with anxiety? I hope so. <laughs> I believe so. I believe that you can be, yeah, filled with the Spirit of God, you're reading the Word, you're part of a local church, but from time to time, something like, Anxiety can really weigh us down. So let's open in a word of prayer that the Holy Spirit will be our teacher and also our counsellor. Our Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this series. We commit it to you that it will, and we know it will be. It will be more than words. It will be your Spirit at work giving us revelation, giving us assurance, helping us and leading us to a place where we will feel a sense of freedom. I thank you that it's never wasted. Our struggles, our pain is never wasted, that you are wholly present in it. But Lord, it also causes us to be a little more humble, a little more desperate for you, and a whole lot more aware of the pain in other people. So Holy Spirit, Guide us into truth. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. It was 2010 and our family are on a plane to the Gold Coast. We don't always go to the Gold Coast uh, during our sort of our annual holiday over January. Sometimes we go down south. Sometimes we just stay at home and do day trips. But my wife and I have been planning this for a while. Our kids are, are in high school We've been pastors for about 15 years, and it's just it's been another year of pastoring a church, and we got through some stuff. I've um, I had my first panic attack probably three years before that time. I've been seeing a counsellor. I've been doing breathing exercises. I've been looking at meditation, and at this stage, I haven't had a panic attack for over a year. So here we are. We're flying to the Gold Coast. Where about half an hour away from landing, and I thought, oh, you get to that age where you've got to go to the cubicle. So I thought, I'll go to the cubicle. You know, I'm in my 50s, what the heck. And so you go in, and 
you know, I'm sitting there without giving too much details and all of a sudden we're, we're hitting turbulence and it's just like, you know, there's not much space and it's like, whoa, and it's all going on and I'm thinking, I bet my family all go, ah, sucker, dad, he's getting jolted around. So anyhow, all of this is going on and I'm thinking, there's no, there's no anxiety, I'm in a chilled mood, looking forward to the Gold Coast and I... Um, walking down the aisle towards our seat and like that, out of nowhere, <gasps> I, adrenaline is pumping through my body, my mind is going berserk, I feel like I'm about to faint, I sit down and it's like, no. It was that sense of not just no, but not, not now, because in my history there are times I've been able to manage my anxiety, manage panic, Worst case scenario, hey, it's getting a little bit too much, a little bit unbearable. It's easy. You, you leave. You leave the restaurant. You leave the movies. You leave wherever you might be. Um, I'm in a plane. And uh, apparently you're not allowed to leave. <laughs> it's not good. And so I've, at least I know I've got about half an hour. And so I'm managing my breathing. My, my thinking's going crazy because I'm thinking, whoa, what? Wha, why now and what, and you know, this is going to ruin the holidays and have I gone back to where I was, I'm going to have to see a counsellor again. Anyhow, we, we land, get our luggage, hire a car and I'm driving and I feel like I'm driving, not that I have, but I feel like I'm driving under the influence of alcohol and drugs. My body is so intoxicated with adrenaline and cortisol to the point it, it is uncomfortable, unbearable, I'm sort of shaking. My wife doesn't know, certainly haven't told the kids because they're here for the theme parks where you get lots of adrenaline. It's like, I don't want any more adrenaline. So sort of we get there, didn't sleep well at all because I, I, I'm just, my, my, I'm confused, I'm, I'm anxious about being anxious and I'm already thinking of, I've got to fly back. Whatever happens again. So this is where sometimes in our thinking, a person with anxiety, well, probably more of an anxiety disorder and panic, you, your thinking becomes, it's just catastrophic. It is negative. It's just all over the place. And now in the morning, after not sleeping well, I thought, well, I'll go for a, a walk along the beach. So walking along the beach, I'm praying. And I just don't know why, I just felt after about 15 minutes, I'll just turn back to see where I've walked from. I could see our hotel, or the high rise, and I suddenly had, <gasps> I felt unsafe, which is ridiculous. As I tell this story, I'm thinking, Rob, what, was, what were you thinking? But at the time, it's just where I was, it was like, I am, this is a threat. I'm out in the open. What if I have another panic attack in this place? What if I get confused? I don't know how to get back. So I quickly went back to the hotel and I'm just going, oh, this is worse than I thought. Didn't hire a surfboard, did go to the theme parks with our kids. I did my best to appear normal. And they go, yeah, let's do that right again. It's just like, normally, yes, but I, I did. The last thing you want when you're experiencing panic is adrenaline. But anyhow, we, we sort of got through the holidays. Uh, there were a lot of times Karen took the kids to the shops, uh, to you know, big supermarkets and shopping centres. And there were a lot of times I said, you know what, I might just, I was just saying to the kids, you know, it's been a tough year, ministry, I might just stay at home. I really stayed at home because that was a safe place. I had two questions. Apart from the, the journey I'd been on, I had two questions. Number one, and it wasn't so much out of anger, it was more out of confusion. God, why, 
why is it back? Why haven't you healed me? I've done the journey. I've done, all, you know, I've done the counseling, which was humbling. I've done breathing exercises. I've been praying. I've had people pray for me. I've had the elders of the church pray for me. I've been free for about a year. It's come back. It's come back worse than ever. In a moment or in a few days, I have to get back on the plane. But the most disturbing question, and it was a real question, surely now I'm disqualified from ministry. I mean, I was ministering during the time of counselling. I even took the, the church on the journey. And if anything, I, it was bad for me, but it was good for the church. People said, Rob, you're a lot more relatable and your messages have a little bit more, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit more raw and earthy and you're bringing God into pain. And, you know, keep going. I'm thinking, yeah, well, it's costing me. I'm not getting this from a, a commentary. <laughs> I'm getting this from my own uh, trauma and dysfunction. What I've described is a very um, extreme example of people experiencing anxiety. In fact, my therapist said, really, what? not that I needed a label, but I knew it was more than just, you've got a little bit of anxiety. It was like you have an anxiety disorder. And the way it manifests most of the time is what we call a panic attack. It's just where it's hard to know what comes first, the event or your thought or the adrenaline, but it feels, it, it probably is, there's a thought Millisecond later, your body is in survival mode, and you've probably heard this saying, the, the fight, uh, the flight, or freeze uh, scenario. So you're either going to run for your life, you're going to fight the thing, or you're just going to just freeze. Most of my response, everyone's different. Some people, are, they're up to a fight, they're going to fight this thing. I normally, I, I run, I just do, you know, run, 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 you know, like for a scum, or, or I just freeze, just, oh, I'm, I'm done, I'm... I'm disqualified. What, what do I do next? So that's extreme. But let's face it, we all experience anxiety from time to time. Not at the level of that intensity and not 24-7, but for most of us, you know, it could be in traffic, it could be before an exam, you're about to go to the dentist and you're in the waiting room and he's delayed by another 40 minutes and you're looking at the magazines, they're all really, you know, five... To, 10 years old, you're looking at the fish tank, they're meant to calm you and just get, you can hear the sound at, you know, the drilling and you, 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 you. It's, it's okay, it's understandable, it's very common to feel a level of anxiety. The issue is when over time, for whatever reason, whether there's a trauma or something like that, you, there's a line where it goes beyond just being um, common and I, I, I'm trying to find another word for normal, uh, but where it just becomes extreme. It becomes consuming and intoxicating. Now, maybe some of you now are thinking, as rightly Mark said, that you know, some of us right now are relating because it's like, oh, I experience panic and I know I'm an anxious person, I'm a warrior, fine. And then others, okay, I, I know someone. But I want to also address in this experience, this human experience, particularly in the 21st century, of a group of people, you wouldn't call it anxiety, but what it is, is you are always in a hurry. You are very driven, which is okay, you're very ambitious, you are always on, and technology has enabled us to be on more than ever, 
Uh, you're always, and where the anxiety part of this is, the, the business, the hurry, the hurries, that there probably is a voice, more, more, go, go, go longer. You don't, sleep is for, for wusses, you know, go for this contract, take on this. Okay, it's impacting the family, but hey, I'm going to bring in some money that will enable us to have a lifestyle. Da, 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 and it's, it's this treadmill of performance. And you feel anxiety like I do. But for those of us who experience panic attacks, uh, adrenaline's not, it's very uncomfortable. However, for many of you listening, you actually love the adrenaline. You, you love the hit and, and all the other um, neurotransmitters and everything going on. You, you actually love it and you have adapted to this drivenness and this lifestyle where you can't rest and you can't be still, but you actually, you're not just adapted to it, you are addicted to adrenaline more. More And for a lot of us experiencing that level of adrenaline, either anxiety or drivenness, we'll find that it does impact our bodies. You know, our eyelid starts twitching, we have palpitations, we have headaches, we're always sweaty, it's hard to get to sleep, stay asleep. Um, all this is going on and uh, we just find it very hard to rest and to be still. For some of us, if we keep going this way, particularly those who are really driven and busy, busy, our bodies are not designed to feed off adrenaline at that level 24-7. And for a lot of people, they then, if they don't manage that level of stress, so you may not call it stress, it can also lead to adrenal fatigue where it's your, way, it's your body's way of saying, well, if you're not going to stop, we're going to slow you down. We're going to cause issues in your body as a way of saying, what on earth are you doing? See, I, there was a time I used to say to people, you know, how are you? Oh, I'm busy. It was like this badge of honour. Uh, imagine saying to someone, how are you? Hey, I'm just really restful. I'm just really at peace. I'm really calm. They go, lazy. It's like, I mean, was Jesus busy? Did Jesus feel, oh, God, I've only got three years. I can't believe I'm, I can't believe. I should have started at the age of 15. I've got this. No, he, um, the times he went for long walks, the time stuff was going on, he thought, mm, everyone wants me. I might just go off on my own, go to a mountain. <laughs> just go to a mountain. It's just, you know, he wasn't addicted to adrenaline. He wasn't anxious. It wasn't like, oh, I've got limited time and then I'm going on the cross. Oh, going on the cross. Oh, God, how am I going to deal with the Oh, dear. It's just, he was passionate, but he, he observed the Sabbath. He rested. His, his ministry came out of a sense of fullness. See, what I've learned from my experience and hearing other people talk about anxiety, anxious for nothing, is it's a thief. It's robbing us of joy. It's robbing us of rest. It's robbing us of sleep. It's robbing us of well-being. It's robbing us, you know, confidence and interaction. And it's just, it's just a thief. Which shouldn't surprise us because the devil came to steal, kill and destroy. And one of the ways he does that is through 
anxiety, addiction to adrenaline, drivenness, hurry, hurry, I'm in a hurry, there's more to do, I've got to do more, I've got to go faster, I've got to go longer, and it's just... See, anxiety impacts our behaviour. For some people, the way it impacts is, if they had a panic attack, say on a plane, well, it's easy, I'll never fly again. See that suitcase? In a couple of hours, I'm going to be in a plane. I'm flying again. I've been flying a lot since that episode. I still feel a little more anxious than others, but hey, it's not going to stop me. But I understand why for some people to protect themselves, it's like, I just won't fly again. I won't go to a shopping centre again. I won't get on a ferry again. I won't get on an escalator again. I won't go into a... And it just goes on and on. So it actually, anxiety can impact our behaviour. For some people, because their life is out of control, they have routines of, it could be the way they clean, it could be the way they wash their hands, and certain rituals they do as a way of saying, okay, I've got this covered. Did I turn the lights off? No, check. Did, did I turn the lights off? No, check. And did, did I really turn the lights off? Did I turn the iron off? And, and, and it's, it's just part of their behaviour that's been impacted by anxiety. It impacts our feelings, feelings of overwhelm, feelings of dread. So it, it's almost like that. It, it feels like there's a lion behind that tree. There's a bear. There's a bear in there and a chair as well. We won't go there. Probably not your vintage. But it's, just, it, it, it's like this dread of I'm about to die. But flying, you know, going to a restaurant won't kill you unless it's food poisoning. I mean, but it, it's crazy. These things that we're afraid of won't kill us, but we do behave in a way as if they do. We have these feelings. We have thoughts. I think I'm going crazy. I'm hopeless. I'm useless. I'm done. People are judging me. I bet that person's looking at me. I bet they're looking at me thinking, what a loser. And it's just, again, it's this loop. It impacts our physical well-being. I've talked about that. Increased heart rate, dizziness, lightheaded. But then spiritually, where is God in my anxiety? This treadmill of performance that I, I just, I, I sort of want to get off, but I, I love the thrill, I love the adventure, and it's just, where is God? And why hasn't God answered my prayer? Is He disappointed in me? I certainly learned along the way, and, and some of these are from messages I've heard from people. There are some things that probably good intentions, but very unhelpful. Here are a few. You need to pull yourself together. That really helps. I've heard that now the next two, you need more faith. You need to pray harder. You need to snap out of it. You need to chill out. And for men, you need to man up. Notice they're all, you need, you need, you need, you need. That just feeds anxiety. Because then there's a sense, I'm not doing enough. I'm not, I'm not praying long enough. I'm not praying hard enough. I need more faith. They're probably right. It's, just, it's got nothing to do with your level of faith or how long you pray, where you pray, how often you pray. There's all sorts of reasons why for some of us we go from a level of anxiety that is common and understandable to a level that is consuming and has a very negative impact on our life. So we come to the Word of God and it's very easy to misinterpret the first few words from Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, where Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. It'd be easy to think, oh, there's the answer, just don't be. <laughs> but it's coming from a pastoral heart he has experienced anxiety. 
And if you notice where he's writing from, he's not writing from a chalet. He's not writing from some mountaintop retreat. He's, he's chained to a Roman soldier. He's in prison for preaching the gospel. He's in prison for, for you know, uh, having dialogue with Jewish people about who Jesus is and that they think he's a blasphemer. So he's, he's writing from a situation that you think would cause anxiety. And what he's saying is, do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God if you are feeling anxious here is a strategy let's pray through our pain and the last thing you would want from me at this stage is to talk about prayer in a way that's going to make you feel anxious and feel that you're inadequate. So I can assure you right now, what I'm going to present is very high in anointing, high in grace, and low in guilt. Do not be anxious about anything. The trouble is particularly for us in the 21st century. We're anxious about everything, <laughs> absolutely everything. You, you start off with the health, and I think it's great that there's a lot more awareness, like with um, you know, melanomas and bowel cancer, and you know, guys get, men, women, you know, at the age of whatever, you're going to get this little package from the government and all this stuff, and if we're, if we're not careful, we could start panicking, you know, getting all this information, all this awareness, which is good. It's just, oh, that, that, that mark. Oh, oh, that could be a melanoma. Oh, they're going to have to cut it out. They're going to have to do this. Well, if there is a mark and it's changed, check it out. But don't get to the point with that and then, oh, oh, there's a lump on my back. Oh, oh, you know, there's, this is happening. Oh, 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 my heart's going funny. Oh, maybe I've got um, angina. Oh, and, and we start getting really anxious about our health and our well-being and we compare ourselves to others. Oh, would you look at her? She's doing well. Oh, look at him. And it's just, I'm so inadequate. And it's just, oh, and God must be going, oh, Rob, come on, <laughs> come on. Breathe. Slow your thinking down. Finances. Another interest rate rise? No. Hey, I still remember paying 13%, you know, 13% interest. So we've got a little way to go yet, but I understand. With all that's been going on, we're, we're probably emotionally a little frail through COVID and everything else. It's just all this is going on. It's on the news and there's just, and then, you know, we've got credit card debt and then this credit card's paying off, this credit card, which is paying off this credit card and you've got about six credit cards and you've got 50,000 whatever in debt and... Yeah, that, that, that's going to cause some anxiety for those who are single. Oh, will I ever get married? Oh, what if I do get married and it's not, not the right person? They're unfaithful. What if that person cheats on me? What if we only go for a few years and then he gets bored with me, I get bored with her and we end up with a divorce and then people are going to think less of me and then, and, you know, it's like, oh my goodness. And then you do get married and you meet the right person and then you think, oh, let's have children. Oh, but what if we can't have children? So they're still having, trying to have children two years, three years. Oh, we can't have children. Oh dear. Eventually you do have children. Oh, great. We've got children. Oh, she fell over. So I just got a headache. What if she's got brain cancer? What if she goes to school, gets bullied and gets into drugs and then falls into prostitution? And it's just really easy. Just we're anxious about absolutely everything. You know, I had a dog and the dog's meant to help you, but 
Our dog was on anti-anxiety medication. I mean, what's that all about? So not only my poor daughter's got some of my DNA, somehow my dog's got my DNA. It's just like, and the dam- you, know, you say, bye Simba, and the dog, don't go, he's got separation anxiety. It's like, oh my goodness me. It has been called the official emotion of our age, anxiety. <laughs> the highest, it's the main mental health issue in our nation. Do you realise that even this year, some two million Australians are going to experience a whole new level of anxiety? That in a lifetime, 40% of Australians will experience at least one panic attack. And Paul, okay, talking from first century week, he said, oh, you had it easy. Uh, persecution, hello. Um, <clears throat> be anxious about nothing or anxious for nothing. It's very easy to think, oh, the reason I'm anxious is my circumstances. But more often than not, and there are trauma and things like that that can be the trigger, but more often than not, there is a circumstance, but in our mind, we have made an interpretation about that circumstance, not just that circumstance, but ourself. And over time, it's like anxiety begets anxiety begets anxiety, that anxiety, anxious thinking becomes a habit. And we're just feeding it all the time. I'm crazy. I'm done. I'm not good as my older brothers and sisters. I can't do this. I've failed at this. I'll probably fail at that. I'll probably be, you know, asked to leave work. And it just goes on and on and on. It's very much about the mind. And it's a habit. So what we need to do, and prayer is going to help us, is to go on a diet. Not for our body, but for our brain. And not a crash diet where, okay, that's it. No more thinking. I'm just not thinking. No, no, that's, sorry, that's silly. Yeah, you've got to think and you've got to eat. But maybe what you do is for those who, you know, perhaps uh, feel that they'd like to change what's happening with their body and their diet, you, d- you don't have to always start extreme. You might just think, I might just remove... Mm. Maybe 80% of what I eat in any given week will be from one ingredient that was probably made outdoors, not in a factory, one ingredient, so it's meat, fish, vegetables, fruit, nut seeds. Have you noticed with a carrot, what sort of ingredients are there? It's a carrot. But there are other foods we eat, even for vegetarians or things you eat. And then you look at the back and think, hang on, there's still a lot of really bad stuff. So what we do is we might just take a couple of things out, try and catch one thought that is just a loop all the time. And you think, that is going to be, uh, nothing good ever happens to me. Okay, that is going to be the thought. Every time I have that thought, I'm going to go, stop. I'm going to replace that thought with God is my everything. Now, you've had a habit of thinking those thoughts, so it's not going to happen day one like a diet. You don't just suddenly feel better, lose weight, whatever you're trying to do, gain muscle. But over time, when you're intentional, every time that thought comes across that little radar, there's going to be a ping. Ah, said it again. No, I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things 
through Christ. And then Paul says, present your requests to God. Allow your pain to be fuel. Rather than it be a negative thing, the positive thing of what I've been through is, well, it certainly humbled me and it made me a lot desperate for God. And so prayer is a wonderful way of being proactive and not passive and saying, okay, I am experiencing anxiety. I am on this adrenaline rush, this treadmill of performance. I'm going to pray through my pain. I'm going to pray through my dysfunction. Now, there's different ways of doing that. And I'm just going to read out two prayers to give you an idea that Whatever you're feeling in the area of anxiety, there's so many different ways of articulating it. One person may articulate it like this. Father God, I come to you in the precious name of Jesus, and I beseech thee with a heavy heart. You are Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals by your stripes. Heal the affliction caused by unrelenting anxiety in the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to, be, uh, glory to the Father, to the Son, the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and evermore shall be, world without and amen. Now, if that's your prayer and it's sincere and you have crafted a prayer like that, you've written it down, you've prayed it out and it's spontaneous, awesome. And I'd like to talk to you after the service because I, I, that took me a long time to write that prayer. I, I, I worked hard to come up with that prayer. My personal favourite, God, help me. Uh, it works for me on the plane. I didn't go, oh, Father, I beseech you in the precious. It was just, God, help, help, help. It's just, see, it's about the heart. It's about the heart. And the awesome thing about prayer is, remember this, what I'm going to talk about, low guilt. See prayer as slowing down. Prayer as being still. Prayer is changing your posture from this to ah, changing our breathing from <laughs> to ah, be still, be still and know that God is God. Prayer is about changing perspective. God is bigger than my anxiety. God is not disappointed. God is wholly present. Prayer offers hope. There is always a way forward. Prayer is a supernatural tranquilizer. So as we pray, however the prayer looks for you, however long it goes, it's just... Let's pray through our prayer now. Our Father God, will you help us with our anxiety, our drivenness, that you will touch us with your spirit. Thank you for this time. It's a sacred time. This is a safe place. And what you've begun this morning Will you bring it to completion? We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Peace be still. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. 
For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.